understood what it meant to be born in Nebraska, right? Like I lived in Egypt. People didn't care. I always said like you I lived, I was born in the States. Do so you it's... remember? Do you remember zero to five? Like obviously not the beginning. I do, but... but I remember Reno. Like I lived in Reno, Nevada for like a year and I went to kindergarten or like preschool there. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, so you were probably four, three or four? Uh, yeah, I was probably three or four. Huh. Yeah. That's was... crazy how those memories. Yeah. They're still there. And I remember people like, it's funny, mm. like how that connection, like, it's like stuck in yeah. my mind. Like I remember this girl I used to hang out with and we used to play like mm-hmm. they were neighbors and we just right. go to play in like there was like a little yeah. playground area or something. That's crazy. Like yeah. it's stuck. That's off that that's often what sticks, right? Yeah. It's just people that you played with right, as a kid. Right. Even if you were very, very young, you you still remember right, being right. around them, their maybe their face a little bit. But nothing else. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I literally just remember the face and maybe a couple interactions, but that's mm-hmm. it. Uh, yeah. Other than that, I don't really remember okay. anything else. And then things become a little clearer when you move back when you move to Egypt. Yeah. Obviously, and you you were speaking Arabic inside the house. Yes. Yeah, so my parents spoke Arabic to me. I wasn't. I, I I looked when I watched like my older videos of myself. I would like reply in English. Interesting. That's uh, what Enzo's doing now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> People replied it in English. <laughs> but it's funny because I, like, lost my English accent. Like, I had a really good American accent and then... But you still do, man. <laughs> well, it kind of, like, got regained when I when I came back 20, 15 years later. Mm-hmm. It was, like, totally off. Like, I, could, I wasn't able to speak. Yeah. Like, I wasn't... I would, like, need to think about forming sentences because I'm translating from mm-hmm. Arabic. Such a disaster. Yeah, I mean, Thank God have... I'm over that. Sometimes now I dream in English, which I'm so confused about. <laughs> do you mostly dream in Arabic? Uh, I think so. Like I've had people say that I uh, yeah, that I've yelled in Arabic in my sleep, which <laughs> just, is not great. Just, <laughs> uh, I mean, yelling in general while you're sleeping. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Hopefully, not work related, no, man. No, I, no. I, I hope my dreams are maybe somewhere. Um, I don't know, like I'm saving the world or something. Yeah, super yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> faced with conflict. You <laughs> an Arabic scream. <laughs> Just yelling at the people I'm fighting mm-hmm. in Arabic. <laughs> no, but I mean, we've we've uh, lived a very similar set of milestones and, you know, with some differences. But I, I also moved when I was five mm. and then came back. So we had a similar story in the sense that you spent part of your youth in the U.S. Then you went back to the country where you were really from, right? Right, right. Because that's where your parents are mm-hmm. from. And then ultimately you decided, no, 
I want to go back. Exactly. I want to go back to the yeah. U.S. Um, so what was um, what was it like for you going back to going to Egypt? Like, did you, um, obviously, you were young enough where it wasn't an issue if you if you had been gone prior, yeah. right? Yeah, it, it was it was interesting because I remember um, I don't remember like being rebellious or anything like when I was very young. I remember a couple like small things that like mm -hmm. made me like just want to go back. I'd be like, why can't we have Disney Channel like that type <laughs> of stuff? You know, like I just want to watch The Lion King or something. And you, you ask yourself, why does a Disney Channel exist? Yeah, it is such that the young immigrant children when extracted from their native american land go back and demand that they must have the disney channel yeah um so i grew up without the disney channel which was a which is a, a big thing because the other cartoon like network type of thing they you would get like anime that's translated in arabic so it was a disaster well, so uh, was it dubbed or was it polish style where there would just be a man talking over the original no it was dubbed, <laughs> was dubbed? Okay. It was consider yourself lucky <laughs> so, <laughs> some european countries do not have this fortune oh wow no they literally just have a guy talking over the original voice in the language that they understand oh so, no uh, yeah i think that's common in eastern europe yeah um I, th I think dubbing is outdated in general. Mm. I, you know, I, it's, uh, dubbing is still quite popular in Italy. And, but now that people can download shows, or they have been for some time, original language is starting to pick up more. And, and uh, Netflix, too. Like, Netflix doesn't dub anything. You just watch it in the original. And now Netflix is in all these countries. So right. they, people are finally exposed to original versions of media and right. learning English more, which is always good. And, yeah. But, okay, so, yeah, the anime thing. Yeah, so yeah, that, that's that's one memory I have just like being frustrated. But uh, my aunt moved to the States in 2004, I believe. Oh, so you were already uh, how old? By how old? I was like nine years. You were like, nine years old. Nine, nine, eight years. So you knew that you had an in. Like you and knew. she lived in New York. So I was like, like for four years, I never went to visit her, but I've mm -hmm. always wanted. And I was right. like, my parents would not like, you know, facilitate a trip or anything. Um, so I, I always like just really had the urge to mm -hmm. like go to the states I, I don't really know why like you, i well i mean you had lived there though too so you kind of yeah but you know when as you said you know when you're young the memories that you have are like very yeah, they're, they're just of the people memories mm -hmm. right yeah uh, but it i think it also like as you said like media takes mm, yeah. takes takes like affects that it makes me just think that america's like well yeah it's a that's how they sell it in the rest of the world it right. is the place to be exactly so uh, i was like i want to be at the best place you know you want to get the best place <laughs> who doesn't right who doesn't if yeah. you speak to people here and ask them oh how do you think that you america is portrayed in the rest of the world yeah. like sure the, hmm they might uh, realize that there's some pod, like that they, they just, you know, they have a lot of influence in the kind of media that's playing, like movies, Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. But most of them will be like, oh, they despise America. Or right, right. Egypt. But it's not the, that's not the case at all. For for the longest time, uh, you know, since essentially since World War II, it's like been the, the place that draws the most talent, the most free-thinking people. Exactly. Um, the most... Uh, uh, egalitarian in the sense mm -hmm. that you can make a life for yourself as long as you're like, dedicated and and that's that's definitely sold i think where we're where you and i are from right, right? from egypt and italy and anywhere in europe uh they the u.s is uh is, is seen you know as it as it was <laughs> right at least i don't know if it's still the best place to be <laughs> <laughs> i think it's definitely taken a hit right it will continue to have a huge influence mm -hmm. uh, for the rest of our lives right but i think you know it's not quite where it was but anyway, you spoke, did you speak, uh, did you continue to speak English while you were 
living in Egypt? No. So I went to school and I kind of like lost it, basically. Like I lost my, I I mean, I was able to still speak because I still took English classes. All my classes were in English. Oh, oh, okay, okay. But it's like the, when you stop like speaking the language Mm -hmm. frequently on a day-to-day basis, it just doesn't come, like your brain just doesn't. Even if the classes were in English? So you went to it. Because I answered in Arabic. I could be like. (laughs) hello like and then this and then i'll say like part of the sentence in arabic and then part of it in english right like that you may throw a couple of fillers in arabic you probably do maybe do that in italian i don't I, know it sounds like you i mean you are very young you were very young and yeah. you're probably mimicking the response of your peers right exactly they were exactly. not native english speakers no so why would you want to stand out especially at that age when it's so important <laughs> to just be one with the crowd right uh f- for me, the transition came, I moved back to a non-English speaking country when I was 12. So for me, I kind of used it to maybe get, not get ahead, but mm. cut some corners because right. we also had some English classes. Um, but there were definitely moments where I did not want to be able to speak English. Oh, <laughs> you know, there were yeah. moments where I just wanted to speak Italian, <laughs> shitty Italian English. Oh, right, right. So it wouldn't draw attention to me with like an American accent. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like whenever I go back to Egypt, sometimes I like my accent is not like the way that I'm speaking right now. It like will change depending <laughs> on who I'm talking to. Um, even when I visit other countries, mm-hmm. uh, if they speak in a certain tone, I'll adapt to like that <laughs> as I'm talking to like the person. Mm-hmm. And I found that super interesting, yeah. like that my brain is just shifting to just adapt because maybe that's what I did ever, ever since I was like, yeah, a it's kid. finding a common language and a common API. Yeah, it's like, okay, <laughs> exactly. A common this API. is the contract. Okay. <laughs> I will speak that way for you. I'm getting two hundreds here, you know, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You've sent a two hundred. So you just like, explore that route. <laughs> exactly. It's crazy. Um, so when did you start getting into computers? So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, ever since when we moved back, we took with us a really old computer. Well, then it was like new, right? It was like one of the big NEC, I think that was the brand. I don't know. But you took a computer back with you. Yeah, from America. My dad did. My dad was really into... He, your dad is the influence. Though. My dad is the influence. Mm-hmm. He actually started a computer company. Oh. As soon as we moved back, um, it didn't last very long, but... Uh, I remember visiting and they would like be like setting up. So it was hardware. hardware. Like, wow, interesting. Yeah, it was very hardware based. So they'd be selling stuff and I just, and uh, my uncle as well, he was like really into uh, computers. So what did your dad teach then? Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, segue. Uh, my dad actually taught uh, civil engineering. Uh, okay. Uh, but far, that's pretty, very far from Very like, far, but he just was really passionate about technology. That's awesome. Okay, um, so that... So that kind of like instilled mm-hmm. it in me. So we took back that computer and just got a bunch of games with us. And I just like, <laughs> would like spend hours on that. And like my dad would also play games. So like ah, I would nice. come and he, I would play like the kids games, you know, like Dr. Seuss and like, mm-hmm. I, I don't even remember. Like, Was it like Windows or are we talking DOS? Windows, yeah. Okay. Windows 95. Windows 95? I love yeah, Windows yeah, 95. Yeah, Windows 95. How could you not love that operating system? <laughs> It's just so familiar. I know. It's like, it's like home. It's Yeah, it is like home. It is. Windows 95 is like home for a lot of people. Yeah. Maybe that's what happens after we die, man. <laughs> we all just end up in Windows 95 as desktop icons. Hopefully not in the recycle bin, man. <laughs> the recy- some of us, if you're a bad son, <laughs> exactly. you'll be reborn in the recycle bin. 
No, I, I do have a lot of good memories of a game. Well, okay. Prince of Persia, I think, came a bit before that because yeah. he ran it from like a command line. He ran it from, oh, uh, from DOS, I think. But interesting. at some point, they... There was a geo, uh, graphical user interface <laughs> for that, but it was like very... Yeah. Like very old. Like it was like 1D, 2D. Mm-hmm. Well, I, Windows 95 came with a few games too, right? Yeah, but that, I don't think I played those games. Like the... What was it? Uh, like... I just like solitaire. Solitaire. What was a pinball game. That pinball. Came, like, pinball came later. But later around... with like Windows XP or yeah, was it seven? Right. Mm, no, well, somewhere around that. Somewhere time. around there was a pinball game. Yeah. Somebody's gonna write to us. People. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Hopefully <laughs> not. <laughs> we don't want to get sued here. No, no. Um, but I think Windows ninety five was probably the closest that Windows got to like the simplicity of like Mac OS. Right, right, right. right That's right. when everything just kind of uh, was peak. Right. Peak intersection of kind of what you were saying before, humanities and technologies. Right. Like Windows ninety five. Exactly. It was all downhill from there. There were some. There were some uh, bright spots with like. Uh, XP maybe or uh, Windows not two thousand but anyway so your dad had the uh, he had the drive for technology he had the, he had the like. drive yeah so that I think instilled it in me like I would watch him like play games even like mm-hmm. you know big big adult games uh, oh okay like Tomb Raider you know that type uh, okay. of stuff so yeah. uh, I would just like be like sitting there and learning I don't know what I'm learning I'm apparently learning how to play games <laughs> I was like my dad was Twitch basically. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I guess fathers are the original OG uh, Twitch. Uh, OG Twitch. Um, so I guess my dad could have started Twitch. Damn. Yeah, Life would have been different. It's <laughs> quite a bit of a jump, but it sounds like your dad was on the right path. Yeah, yeah. So you guys, you guys were playing some uh, AAA sort of... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Video game shooter games and things mm-hmm. like that. So I just really got into like invested in that. And then I think... Um, you know, in high school, they try to tell you, like, try to find, like, what you're passionate about and all that. And you were, like, video games? No, I, I didn't continue down that video game path that much. I would just kind of mm-hmm. do it. Like, I would, like, pick up a new con- gaming console every now and uh, every once in a while, right. like, throughout so my... as a hobby? Ho- as a hobby, like, PSP, and mm-hmm. maybe and I got an Xbox for a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I think it was during that time where they, they were, like, trying to, like, tell you, like, figure out what you're going to do in college. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the only thing that really, like, resonated with me was technology. So, uh, the, the, right, right. I was, like, I, I, I can see myself doing something engineering related because mm-hmm. I like building stuff. And I also like technology. So. That makes sense. Why not, like, merge both? And basically, yeah. like, I went into computer engineering. Uh-huh. Uh, were you programming before then? Or, were, like, were you met messling, messling, meddling mm-hmm. around with the computer? Uh, I, I, the first time I tried programming was in high school, um, but I did it myself. So I was taking some IT classes, which was very primitive. You Mm -hmm. just learn how to use software that's already built. So learn how to use like Excel, Excel, PowerPoint, that type of stuff. Access, which was like, Mm -hmm. wow, a database. Uh, Oh, okay. Well, we're we're onto something. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you have a, a, a skill or a talent for just like the cloud computing and right. storage and design of these things which i'm sure doesn't come from high school but i know i know but uh, yeah that that came like from a passion later on it yeah. actually at amazon because most people don't really uh, take up like just distributed systems mm-hmm. until later later yeah yeah but it seems like you were already prepped for it a, a little bit i started doing apps mostly like that you was making apps, that okay. was like the thing that drove it home like now I can show something, uh, especially because yeah, yeah. like at the time it was like phones were very new, right? Mm-hmm. Like in the was it iPhone apps. You were making iPhone apps. I did not because I didn't have a Mac. 
Streaming I, Android? I made Android. Okay. So I and started, there was this YouTube channel called The New Boston, which is... Shout out to The sh- New, sh- the shout new out. Boston? <laughs> is that what it is? Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, they just had uh, Android an Android tutorial. It was like 128 videos. I don't know who would say. Wow. So I just started doing like one by one. I, I don't think I finished the thing, but mm-hmm. I got pretty far and I was like you know able to improvise at, at some point like i've learned how to install like have a web browser in there Very open cool. the camera like do all types of stuff yeah and keep in mind i have no experience programming like, like this was in high school this was in high school before college so i was like um i was like i need to i need to build i need to use these skills that mm-hmm. i that i think i'm passionate about to figure out if this is the right path that i'm gonna set myself right. up and we, we haven't mentioned so far that there was also like a path of athletics like you were right. a swimmer right yes right? so Which, yeah that was a little bit uh, so that also kind of contributed in, in, into technology a little bit i was like running my high school my not my high school my club's uh, swim swim team's website ah interesting so you actually got into swimming through technology <laughs> <laughs> well no, it didn't start that way but like towards like my the end of my career swimming career i guess mm-hmm. i was like uh, still running the website <laughs> I, I wanted no i started a website right so right, i started right. a website and i was like i put a name to us and like we called oh, ourselves oh I, I see you were part of the swim club or a swim team yeah you created a website for them yeah exactly uh, and ultimately you had to choose between swimming and and yeah it was it was also like shoulder injuries and things like wow. that uh, that led to like me not essentially fulfilling my potential i guess But okay, let's go back to the uh, to the swimming. Mm-hmm. So you were you did. It sounds like you went to an uh, English speaking school. So this must have been a private. Uh, That's correct. Yeah. Private elementary school. Private. So I went to th- total three schools, all of them English. Um, in Egypt, you don't. I mean, you could go to public schools, but like it's like not the common route uh, for most people, depending on your like where income you are. level. Okay. Income level. Um, 
it just won't be as good. Like you will have to take a lot of private lessons and at the end of the day, like why would you do that if you could just go if to a better school? school? Okay. So um, I went to three different schools. The choice of moving from a school to school was always driven by swimming, not by like academics or anything, mm. which is, which, which so I felt. How, how early did you start swimming? As soon as we moved back, like I remember being thrown in this. I, I was thrown in the swim pool here even. Um, my, my mom wanted me to be athletic uh, from like, literally when i was born my both me and my sister mm-hmm. uh to be athletic so your mom is like into athletic, like sports herself so i i no, she's not but i think it's like when you grow up as an adult you kind of try to like find the things that you didn't do as a kid mm, and, I see, I and, see. and you want your kids to do uh, yeah. that's that's how I, I mean even i like when i think if i ever have a kid there are certain things that I would love my kid to do that I wasn't able to right, do at, at right, a certain right. age. It seems like you had a calling to swimming. Like you were all about it from an early I age. I loved swimming, man. I but I there was a point just like you, how you're saying, mm-hmm. like you like watched it from outside. There was a point, not that I wanted to watch it from outside, but I like was stubborn. I was like, went to my parents. I was like, I want to quit. And I remember mm-hmm. I was like ten years old. There's no fucking Disney Channel. Yeah, I was like, I'm I sick hate of this. This. this is like every day, and it's like. It's boring, right? Swimming is not a, a fun sport. There's no ball. There's no score. Okay. Well, I guess like when did it go for you from having fun in the pool to to like competitive? How right. quick was that? Yeah. So uh, somehow my parents took me out of that conversation. They're like, I don't they know what they still did me. Ask you if they wanted to be asked. Yeah, but they they just l- let me kind of. I just got over it, and then I remember a couple of coaches like it started being like racing. And I didn't, hadn't really discovered that part yet. Like, I got to go fast now? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 thought, I thought it was just like, because I was doing a lot of drills and like working on my technique and like a lot of kicking and things like that. That's not as enjoyable, I think. And then they, we would have like relays at the end of practice and like we're racing to win. And like that feeling of winning mm-hmm. was like what was addictive for me. So the coaches saw something in you and they, they decided they, yeah. that you were ready they're like this kid is a backstroker he can swim my back he saw that somebody saw that (laughs) yeah they they definitely did because i when i was younger i would uh i would skip like levels so (laughs) i when i i I was um, sounds oh so familiar to (laughs) your programming (laughs) so you were and wow yeah and it seems like a lot of people that excel in athletics excel in other disciplines as well i think so because um I, I really believe that you can't be doing the same thing all, all the time. You, like, mm-hmm. you can't just be focused in, in one area. Like, in, you need that variety mm-hmm. in your life. Uh, especially, I think, aerobic um, sports, like aerobic-based sports, like running, mm-hmm. swimming, uh, like, help your brain kind of, like, like in uh, I don't know, maybe remember things. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true or there's no, any mean, scientific uh, the, evidence. Because you're sort of in a in the zone as they say you are, when you yeah. are like under intense aerobic focused motion and you know your brain is able to free up some cycles to process other things and it's true it seems like you are very disciplined yeah right? you're an incredibly disciplined <laughs> individual uh, and that propensity for discipline carries over into other facets of your life it sounds like and one of them was swimming it seems mm. a backstroke which is yeah. also kind of isn't it known as being one of the more strenuous uh it or is can't, it the butterfly a butterfly the man you the, can, yeah. butterfly that's how we, the coaches would torture us so if, if we <laughs> if like we're, push-ups yeah it's exactly like that they'd be like all right like 10 by 200 Five butterfly plus. 
so how how much did you train on that compared to the other strokes? What is it? Strokes. Yeah. yeah. So I um, practice will be varied. So you kind of similar to how we're talking about life, how you can't do one thing, right. same thing okay. in swimming. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. You almost need to be versatile. But in the beginning, until maybe I was, um, let's say, 15, I think, mm-hmm. or 14, I, it was always just like freestyle backstroke, freestyle backstroke, until one coach came and he was like, you guys need to have a better base. Mm-hmm. So he started doing like, it's all like all the strokes, not every day, well, almost every day. Every day we're doing every single stroke. So you would warm up with freestyle and then move into, but, but the whole group? Even the warm up included like some slow butterfly, like like you really you just throw your arms and kind of glide a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's like you're moving your all all like different muscles and and, and um, I think that was like very helpful like for my okay. development. So you were going from freestyle to backstroke to butterfly. Exactly. And other athletes in your group were on a different track. Uh, they were doing like the same thing so we would um sometimes we would break up into like smaller groups so like this would be like the backstroke crew this would be like the freestyle crew mm. and we would focus on different so things you guys play offense you guys play defense yes exactly like exactly more specialized coaching exactly but in the beginning of the workout we all get the same thing which is like a, a rounded diet if you may like a, a rounded, rounded workout yeah. Interesting. Was there also a diet? Uh, not that I remember. It depended on the coach. We had mm-hmm. a coach at, uh, towards like the later part of my career that would um, kind of be like, oh, you need to drink water with specific like... Electrolytes? Uh, co- uh, yeah, like electrolytes. And like he would want us to add lemon and take certain like uh, protein powders. Some garlic powder. Some garlic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is all in Egypt. All in Egypt, and yeah. And that's incredible. How okay? So you started swimming when you were a little kid. It got serious around what, like ten or eleven? Yeah. So first competition in Egypt is at eleven years old. Okay. I would have you would have like more like friendly swim meets, like not official mm-hmm. before that, and that's I think what like really <laughs> drove it home. Like just that one. You say I think... friendly, but you said that with like a glint in your eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not very friendly. I was like pretty pissed. I think I ended up second, and I was I like tell. a I little bit mad. Some yeah, resentment. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit mad because like the coaches, you know, were thinking that I'm like the backstrom king, you know, like oh, uh, shit. So and then like you... ready for my first like you know real competition outside of my own club right and i'm ready to crush it you know and i finished second i was like pissed <laughs> yeah yeah i sensed a bit of uh yeah yeah something unachieved but second place exactly. i would have taken that and i would have coasted the entirety of my life <laughs> that would have been the end of my swim career <laughs> thank you retiring my caps place. and goggles i would have just put yeah hung up my cap hung up my goggle hung up my second place medal and at every part everybody that walked into my room until i was 50 years old <laughs> but you you took it as a uh, like I'm good at this. Like I yeah, can take this somewhere. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And then okay, when you're 11 or 12, um, that's when like you turn start turning into a man. For me, it was a particularly long process. Uh, it was a little bit longer too. Not even 11, 12. I think it was like towards like 14. I yeah. 13, I f- 14. But that's when I got really what really good. Like uh, 11, 12. Like the first competition, I actually like other than that friendly one. The first real one, I, like, didn't do well. Like, I think I finished seventh in all my races, and then it became a joke. My parents would be like, what? are you going to be consistent in, like, they, seventh, seventh, uh, seventh? And they then... Told, they asked you that? Yeah, they were, like, joking. And then uh, maybe, like, a year later, I finished third, third, third. Mm, and, like, so they were like, now? okay, we get it now. Like, <laughs> this is a thing. <laughs> wow, okay. Because, I mean, even seventh, this is a respectable Yeah, if position. it's all Egypt. 
you know, it's like from That's all over. Crazy. It's like 26, 27, 26 So you jumped from a regional to a national level around like 13, 14? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and and then, then by then I entered the national team too. Jeez. That's so, very impressive. Yeah. I mean, what I think it is, is that most people don't know the hard work that actually goes into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. We can talk about all these, uh, all these propensities that you have towards discipline right. and towards, uh, mm, something like that's an innate, something that you mm-hmm. were born with, mm-hmm. but essentially every time all it comes down to is the fact that you're busting your ass day in and right. day out to get right. good at something exactly. like nothing worth having comes easy. Uh, so where did you get that from? <laughs> where did you get that? that drive you you in swimming specifically you don't like it's not hard to learn it because you are if your parents are taking you to practice every single day you kind of have to and if you're waking up at 5 a.m to go to swim practice there has to be something bigger you know like because like that (laughs) was brutal in the middle of the winter man we did not have we did not have indoor swimming pools yeah and uh egypt has a like a intense wind in like just Hmm. like there's a lot of winter in the winter just in general like even at night that's why the summers are nice at night there's a nice breeze breeze. but imagine at 5 a.m when you know the sun is rising and that breeze is still there because it's at the end of the night it's dark it's cold it's dark it's cold and you're waking up and you're like outdoor like you're like mm-hmm. gonna be like in a little you're speedo <laughs> jumping in the see cold. you later kid just a see towel and a speedo yeah. in a dark parking lot i know uh so i think that instills it in me yeah. like just like and you and further than that you know taking uh, putting the fact that it's a swimming sport you mm-hmm. have to be you put your literally like your eyes on a, like a you're black line, a line back and back forth and back and yeah. forth for like 5k you know that's like it's a lot of laps. <laughs> that is a lot of laps. I think a lot of credit goes to your parents. Oh, definitely. Obviously, like my mom mostly. Uh, she's the she one that drove, would drive she me. She would drive you back and from, forth from from practice early from in the morning. Yeah, early in the morning. So your mom wanted this for you. She was absolutely about her kids being athletic and also really good at school. Academic. But athletic almost almost came first. Interesting. Which is interesting to say from a professor's perspective, right? <laughs> you would think that a professor would be like, "Yeah, you need to like learn the calculator." The sport, you know, like yeah, leave the sports for for other for the others for, for the, the others, yeah. But no, it was always um, athletics. Athletics. That's impressive. Athletics. That's very admirable from yeah. your mother. I I personally can say that for me, it was almost always academic. Yeah. Yeah, and not even that worked. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> there was no avenue for me. Yeah. I think they probably just uh, no. The uh, push was almost always academic. The the athletic was just like let's get him out of the house. Right, you know? right, right. Like right. let him be among other children and mm. learn maybe those skills as to how to be part of a team and how to take orders and mm. how to. Uh, but it sounded like there was uh, there were many factors at play in your situation that caused you to, that triggered like success right right, right yeah right. It, it worked it, 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 <laughs> it did worked. it did I, and it started off obviously as, as you said with my mom like uh, just her pushing me to like you know at age nine or i i can't remember if it was nine ten eight whatever uh her not not letting me quit i think that was the first push like no, you, wanted, you, you are not a quitter. Quit. Yeah, you're not a quitter. Is what she said to you. Yeah, exactly. She was like, "Why do you want to quit? Like, you clearly like the coaches see something in you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you have, you have something. So like, keep going." Coaches have so much draw over the parents. They do. Like, if a coach comes up to you and the kid is doing their drills, and you come to pick up your kid, and the coach comes over to you and says, "Like, 
you got something special here. The parent is just gonna see stars. This is the golden ticket. <laughs> the golden ticket. We're, We're going back to Nebraska. Exactly. <laughs> we'll swim in the fields. We'll learn in the water. No, that's no, that's powerful. And I'm not saying. I mean, the coaches obviously know, right? Yeah. And they identified you as a backstroke king. Yeah, they're like, yeah, they're like, this guy can do the backstroke very well. But, yeah. And so, how far did you take it? How far did you take the backstroke? So I, 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 I and the the furthest I've reached was basically like for like first in Egypt, like in my age group, like ending up first. That was always my goal. Like I was like, you I wanted just, to be the the, the best, best at backstroke in your the country. best for at least one year. Mm. And um, that day is particularly interesting because I was second. So I told you about the third, 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 and, and when I was twelve second, years old, you said old. the second came very early in your. No, that was, that was like a friendly comp- one, though. Yeah. It was just like friendly. meet us and like another club. Friendly in quotation marks. Uh, friendly in quotation, you know? Um, but then um, I, I was always like second. Mm-hmm. Like for the longest of times, for three, four years, okay. I'm finishing second. But the, the first guy was the same? The, guy the first were... guy was almost the same. Yeah. What was his name? Do you, no, it was, it was, do you remember who this so guy was? Th- that's actually pretty funny. So they would actually alternate, but they're both Ahmed. Both Ahmed and Ahmed? I know a couple of Ahmeds, man. Those motherfuckers. It's <laughs> always an asshole they're, Ahmed. That they're both in. Ahmeds. And they, like, this guy's in Egypt because there are so many, so you just go by last name. Mm-hmm. So this guy's, like, Bagat and Heshmat. And Bagat and Heshmat would, like, alternate between first and third. So uh, yeah, you guys for, were always trading. Players. And I was always just second. Like, for some you reason, I would always end up second. Um, the, yeah, this sounds, sorry, you sounds like you're describing something like Formula One, right? A lot of these Formula One drivers... There, there's a very limited number of them. It's like 20 Formula One drivers. These are the best drivers in the world. Yeah. These guys have been racing against each other since they were nine or ten. Yeah. They've, there's footage of them from when they were, you know, <laughs> barely, barely children. Yeah. And they were always alternating, like first, second, third, third, second. You yeah. know, like they were always in those first few spots until they they made it. They they made it. They made it to the very yeah. top. Uh, but it's it's very interesting to me how you essentially can determine. Who are the successors of, for example, in your case, the backstroke throne? Right, right. From twenty, you know, when when they're t- like twenty years right, from them right, being right. men. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's crazy to think about. It's uh, because it's like based a lot, I think, on especially with swimming, on like repetition. You know, like the mm-hmm. the more you do something and the more you do it well, the more it like sticks with you, essentially. Imagine going to court with no trial Lifestyle cruising blue Bahama waters No welfare supporters More conscious of the way we raise our daughters Days are shorter, nights are colder Feeling like life is over These snakes strike like a cobra The world's hot, my son got knocked Evidently, it's elementary They want us all gone eventually Trooping out of state for a plate Knowledge, if coke was cooked without the garbage We'd all have the top dollars Imagine everybody flashing Fashion, designer clothes Lacing your click up with diamond rolls Your people holding dough, no parole no rubbers, going raw, imagine law with no undercovers Just some thoughts for the mind I take a glimpse into time, watch the blimp read, the world is mine If I rule the world, imagine that I free all my sons, I love them, love them, baby Black diamonds and balls, could it be if you could be mine? 
they recently have developed these like really i haven't tried them but they use really slim goggles that allow you to like really see from peripheral from vision. peripherals yeah but growing up they had these goggles which you, if you saw you would be like these look like they would really hurt like, there, there is an analogy somewhere in the fact that your primary stroke was one where you could not see your competitors i don't know what that analogy is quite yet but that seems applicable in life. Yeah. Right? You don't know how everyone else is right, doing. Right, right, right. You just know that you want to go as fast as fucking possible. Exactly. Uh, and you take that with you everywhere. Exactly, in life. yeah. 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 That, that's basically it. That's what all swimming comes down to. Not all races. Uh, when you get to the, like, the uh, races that are longer, it's more tactical. Like, when are you going to sprint? Like I see. when do you, so I was actually, my best race was 200 meter backstroke. 200 meter backstroke. Okay. So how many laps is that? That's four, four, four 15, laps. 50 meter 50, laps. 50, 50, 50, 50. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's like you have, the, you have four decisions essentially to make. If you think about hmm. it, are, are you going to go super fast in the beginning? Are you going to like go moderate and then like flip the switch and start going fast? Mm-hmm. Are you going to wait till the last 50 and go super fast? So there's a lot of decisions when, once the race gets once the race gets longer. When it's like shorter, it's all about um, boom. You just go specific technique. You cannot afford to mess up one stroke because wow. the friction was like messed up. It's kind of like Formula One, like you mentioned. Yeah, if you mess yeah, up yeah. a small Tiny turn, little emotions, yeah, you're you're gone. Everything counts. Every, everything counts everything, in like the shorter races. Counts. That's why it's very tricky. Like those shorter races, even though they you may think that they're less effort, mm-hmm. but during practice you these people practice way like they're very focused on the details how do you come back in a short race from making one tiny mistake if you don't know where you stand with the others i that's why i was never good at the 50 backstroke i was good at the 50 freestyle because i could see but i was never good at the 50 backstroke it's like one shot you can't see anything you literally just go one it's a one lap and you're whoosh you're there it's just a whoosh. You touch the wall and you raise and you look at the scoreboard in front of you and you're like... And you have no idea you where the no others idea. are. You have no idea. That's amazing. Uh, that's amazing to think about. Hey, that the whole amazing. race, you have no idea where the others no are. Idea. All you know is that... But do you have an idea of how you're doing? Even if it's so brief, do you know before you're... You kind of feel it. So that's it? the thing about swimming that's interesting. You're like, wow, I like feel like the water... Like there, there's this sense of like, I can feel the water. They're, the swimmers always say that, that they... They have a good hold of the water today, mm. so it's like okay. in in I think in tennis people say like oh you know my swing is really good today mm. like they just feel like it's this. similar right it's, it's kind of like similar how fast am I penetrating this this fluid exactly and and also like the power that you're driving that water with mm-hmm. like that's a specific feeling like you feel like when you're pressing that's on amazing. water like it's like damn, like I'm pushing <laughs> a lot oh I I'm almost, sure the listeners I almost like, <laughs> we're about to just jump into a pool here. No, that's that's incredible. And do you is it harder when there are multiple people in the pool with you, or is that something you get used to? It affects uh, when there are like when the pool is like has more lanes and mm-hmm. there's more people. And it affects the drag. And those lanes are being used. And those right? lanes are and being so used. So that's coming to you. It affects the drag. Some for asshole sure. was applying a leaf blower to his driveway today, <laughs> covered in dust, and the street was just covered in a cloud. It happens. It, it happens. happens. I'm sorry. Uh, when you're swimming, when in practice especially, you're definitely affected by other swimmers in your other guys with leaf blowers. Guys with leaf blowers. Or <laughs> so, people not sticking to the right side of the lane. Okay. Oh. Can, it's it's, a, it's a circle, right? So it's like, if you think about a lane, it's like you're circulating. Imagine if somebody doesn't stick in the, in the like, they're supposed to be like exactly. Is it, is it ever intentional to throw the, the, 
the other competitors off, the other swimmers? No, no. So in 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 your in your swimming race, you're alone in your lane. Uh, right, right. You're alone in your lane, but I mean, do you feel the motion of the water from the other people? Yeah. So some people like do this thing, like they will realize that you're closer to them like mm-hmm. let's say you're swimming on one side they will come and uh I, I forget what the term is but like essentially drag but take your drag oh, and you. use it to their advantage interesting so, so in longer races wow. you will find people they let uh like if it's a 1500 meter race you will find people they let like um another swimmer kind of go ahead of them and tactically this is and sounding a lot like formula one it is it is <laughs> and they will just kind of like be like swimming next to mm-hmm. them there's this tunisian swimmer um, and it's not Ahmed, is it? And no, his name is Osama Maluli. He okay. swam in the states in USC. Oh, okay. Um, and he he's very famous for like staying in like position until number seven mm-hmm. until the last hundred. And then he just beats your he ass. He then just goes for it <laughs> because he's been coasting off of you. He's been coasting, <laughs> relaxing, and then you start seeing those legs coming back in the last mm-hmm. hundred meters, and you're like, damn. And and the benefits that there are to gain from. Co- not coasting because you're still going fast, but, but the benefits to gain from getting uh, getting somebody's uh, drift, they're, they're accentuated when the race is longer, right? Right, like The definitely. longer the race, the more you have to gain from somebody else's hard work. It is. It is. But for the 50, it's like boom, boom, boom. Uh, you, it's like you cannot move your head. Like mm-hmm. 50 meter freestyle, no breath. Wow. Yeah, this is like the standard. If you're like a professional, 50 meter is no breath. You mm-hmm. just dive. And it's like about everything being perfect, everything. especially the 50 meter freestyle. It's it's the only 50 meter that's Olympic an Olympic race, by the way. Ah, oh, why is that? I don't really know the specifics of it. But you also did the 50 freestyle. I did, and you I were did. able to have to find success there. I was. I, I for some reason coaches like later on they were like, "Wow, you're like you have a big." Yeah, like, you're, you have a, a, what is it, your width, your span. My lo- yeah, like a yeah, large yeah. wingspan. That's you have what a they large wingspan, you do. So, so th- they said that, you know, you'd be good in a 50 freestyle. I'd never heard that before. You know, people always talked about my backstroke. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, huh, maybe. I mean, and I also I was getting to a point where I was kind of bored of like backstroke anyways. Okay, so you tried it? You tried the So freestyle? I tried it. I was like, okay, I'll believe in you. Just tell me what I need to do and we'll do it. Wow. And then I, I excelled at it. Did I, you have a coach in particular that led you... Yeah, it was uh, like towards like the end of their years, uh, like later years of my career. So like um, maybe oh, when I was sixteen, you transitioned to freestyle after a little. I was still doing backstroke, but like freestyle was like the like almost like the new kid on the block. You know, mm-hmm. I'm excited to like try and it. It's got a ton of visibility, right? It's like it the does. marquee stroke. It is, is freestyle. It it's the one that everybody wants to do, exactly. and also the one that what that humans have evolved to be the most efficient at. Like if, you know, it's our very ancestors natural. swimming in the water, yeah. trying to get to the other side of a very <laughs> short path. They were swimming freestyle. It's probably yeah. the one that's most effective against waves, right? It is, yeah. yeah. It is. You can, like, if you try to do, you know, if I ever get stranded and I need to go back to shore, I will never, like, sw- do backstroke. I'm or... coming with you, buddy. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be on your drift. I'll be, yeah, exactly. I'll be the Tunisian guy. <laughs> That's so cool, yeah. And so you what you were swimming at a national level, and what made you want to quit? Quit? Did you? Was it that stark? Was it just I'm I'm done? No, I wanted to come swim professionally here, like for a D1 school. Ah, 
Wow. See, I didn't know any of this. Yeah. So wow. I, I really wanted to do that. I That was like my goal always. I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I know the coaches here have said that there's something in me. We had a couple of foreign coaches come to coach in Egypt as okay. well. And they said that there's something. So I want to see what that something is. I need better, essentially, assistance from a better coach mm-hmm. to like help me get to that level where I'm like competing at a world level. And, you know, if you're competing at America at like a D1 school, you're basically there. You're part of the best. Yeah. You're, you're like the um, the collegiate championship, the NCAAs for college are like by far like one of the fastest swim meets of all time. Like wow. insane. I mean, they're, they're, the thing is America the competes in this yeah. 25. Yeah, that's the other thing. They have, you know, you had all the Japanese swimmers training here, all the Chinese swimmers, like a lot, even Osama, right? I, like the guy from Tunisia, he, he came, trained yeah, at USC. He came to USC. Wow. Um, so what stopped you? What stopped this from happening? Uh, my, my parents, basically, they were like, they didn't really support my decision to go to swim. They didn't want you to go. It, it, yeah. They, at that point, they're like, you know, we raised you this far. You should like stay in Egypt. And that was at what age? That was 18. Like, so about to go to college. So you were 18. You're about to go to college. And your parents essentially said, like, this is where you should draw the line. Yeah. They're like, um, they didn't say you should quit swimming. Um, I just had had enough of swimming because I, I, the only thing that was going to make me continue is if I got accepted into the one school mm-hmm. and, uh, and obviously I needed to have a scholarship in their view. Um, but a D one school would have covered your academic studies or your, your academics. Not a hundred percent. Unfortunately, not for swimmers, maybe for football players, yeah. not for swimmers. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But, um, so was it just a, like, I'm done. I'm never doing this again. Or was it like a gradual, I'm not going to do it as frequently. I'm not going to train for this tournament, but I'll train for the next one. You then... exact, I think we have the same mentality because yeah. basically that what it, what, it, what it was. But the, the thing is, when you take out that element of determination of 5 a.m. practice mm-hmm. and there's somebody pushing you, for me, it was kind of like an, a years of exhaustion. Yeah. Of, like you have, I've had like 15 years of my life or whatever the number is of like continuous day in day out working and like you only get like a month a year or something of rest wow, that's insane so i uh, see for me it's hard to picture just having like such a str- like such a burden during your childhood i know right i know because that's a time where you're supposed to be lighthearted and yeah. free and discovering but for you it was just, it's just swimming that's why my swimmer is some of my best friends man What's that? My, uh, the, all my friends, like what, my best friends, are from swimming. Right. We suffered right. together. You, you know. You did it together. That's <laughs> such like so such thing to be proud of. Right? It like is. You, it is. The bond that we have is like no other. You, you know, I can t- not talk to these friends for like a year, but I'll see them. We'll like first of all talk about all the memories, <laughs> and then we'll just like you know talk about whatever yeah. we want about mm-hmm. life. I could t- I could call them and talk about work problems, and they would be there for me. Yeah. And they'd probably be maybe good at it because right, they yeah. also know what it's like exactly. to bust your ass mm-hmm. for something. Yeah. And, you know, the mental strain that you put in to learn how to be become good at software, it's not much different than the, the strain or that skill that you have that you've learned to learn how to swim, right? Like yeah. you sort of carry this over. Definitely. You became very good at what you do. Yeah. Uh, something, you know, not just very good, but noticeably good like if i were your backstroke coach <laughs> right right you'd be like this kid is good this guy's got a, a dynamo you know? <laughs> yeah, dynamo dynamo um so i guess throughout this how did you even have time to con- like continue your passion for for computers and for for tech yeah i think so like towards the later ends of my career i, 
I started realizing that, you know, if my parents are not going to support my decision to go to like the States, so I need to find something else. Like I need to win at something else, essentially. Because uh, I had achieved that like thing of, I, my goal was just to become like number one and join the national team, which mm-hmm. I did. Um, well done. <laughs> it was a long journey. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, I achieved that at like 15 years old. So it was a long journey. Uh, and then I kept on swimming competitively for those three years until I was 18. But then, you know, you start preparing for college like at age 60 if you want to go there. And mm-hmm. like my parents did not support that. So your parents did not support you trying to. Do you think they just wanted to have you around them? Yeah, it, exactly. It yeah. Was, it but was you just, ultimately did come back to the U.S. Yeah, I did. But it was like very circumstantial. Like it was my school that I went to. You had to do a year in Germany. I remember this now. This is starting to say, so you, you went to a German school in the U.S., but also you didn't. No, in, in Cairo, actually. The German school oh, was okay, in Cairo. Okay. And, and, and they had a program where you need to go do a year there mm-hmm. to study there. Um, so I, I kind of like presented them with the option, what if I go for a year but not with that German school that I'm already with or associated with and just try another German school? And then it came in the idea, why don't I try somewhere else in Europe? Mm-hmm. And then... One day, out of the blue, I don't know how that happened. My dad came back home and said, "Why don't you apply to the states?" Well, Dad, <laughs> well, Dad, I've been telling you this. Time. <laughs> that's uh, that's two years after I decided to like stop swimming, or as you said, I was kind of doing it in and out. Not, I didn't compete in tournaments. I was just trying to like go to practice and stay in shape, mm-hmm. and maybe like if I feel really good, I'll just apply for a tournament. This there are so many facets to this story that are very similar to what I experienced. Mm-hmm. So I'm also curious, like what you know, what was your parents' relationships to the United States? Because I can, I know that, for example, we lived in the U.S. as a family, much like you did, and then we moved back to our home country. But my parents, you know, in the back of their mind, always had some desire or capacity or desire to go, not to go back, but there's like a there's a spot in their heart. You yeah. Know? Did your parents also perhaps want their son to live out the American dream, like to continue that dream? It's possible my dad did. I don't know if my mom did. Your mom did not. My mother has that attachment with me. We're we're very close. So like she... You're closer to your mom. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I think my... Like they... It's just like difficult, you know, letting your son go. It is very difficult. And I don't really think I'm... I have quite realized what it means to let your son move to another country, right? Right. Yeah. Um, But that's huge that... Okay. Similarly, my mom also was not so keen on mm. moving to the U.S. Right? right, like who wants to see their their son, their right. only son, right. move right. to another country on the other side of the world, the other side of the ocean? Exactly. Uh, but you did it. I did it. Uh, thank, thank God, my dad said that you know came <laughs> with that, and, and I like thank him, you know, for everything. You know, <laughs> absolutely. So yeah. He he like helped me get here. You mm-hmm. know, essentially, he came with me too. He like helped me move all my stuff, like set up my bank account, DMV. And this was. Uh, on the East 2015 Coast. East Coast Maryland mm-hmm. um, so he like basically like you know took me with the hand essentially and mm-hmm. like was like you know this is the bank and he set up yeah, the bank yeah, account for, same bank account I have same phone line <laughs> I have everything he like set up for me he set up the basis yeah. the API as it were API he, 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 the, he laid he, out the he model template. yeah he, the model he modeled it for you he modeled yeah. it for me um but I, I, mean, I since I think... deprecated the model that my dad has, been, <laughs> but I do appreciate the 1.0 version of exactly. the Wells Fargo bank account and the, all that. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So your dad helped you out. He set you up, and you came over here for college. 
I did. I did. With no swimming intent? No. So it sucks. The, the school I went to is University of Maryland. They actually had a D1 swim team. But the D1 swim team the year before I joined got cut. What? Before, Entirely. To support football and basketball. Ah, yeah. in the university, uh, university of Maryland as well? So I, I actually, uh, there was a club team um, that was there. So I joined and, you know, people were like, you know, a club team is like mostly going to be like people that swam, but like not very good, right? Um, but we also had a D1 swimmer that used to be on the, the D1 team mm -hmm. and just joined the club because basically the other team got cut and he just didn't want to pursue swimming. So anymore. there was another very skilled swimmer. Very skilled. And he told me, you know, he could have been on the team easy. So like, I, I just getting that was like, okay, thank you. Like, and that was like, by the way, two years in Egypt, I was not really swimming. Mm -hmm. Like I was not at a main You had taken a break. I had taken a long break. I was like still swimming at some capacity, but not like, not like the day in, day out. Not like seven right. times a week, eight times a week. Not Nothing near that. So what is swimming for you now? I mean, it's just something you used to do. Obviously, you're not going to just get back into it. Like, you have a career. You have yeah. a life. It's it's funny you say that because during the pandemic, I started to become, like, really inspired by it again. And um, I've looked into master swimming, which wow, is... What is master swimming? So that's what you do when you're, like... I, I think in general... It's like continuing education? <laughs> no, it, it's kind of like older people, just older yeah. people competing. At so it is like continuing education. Uh, it, yeah, it is. Like I want to go back to school. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is basically that. And I think, uh, I think in contrast to some other sports, um, like you can continue maybe playing tennis till like you're 30. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more difficult when you're swimming. Right. Because, you know, you start at like age six, seven. She's a little kid, yeah. How can tiny. you continue doing that like rigor of oh, training? I can't even imagine. Like with tennis, sure, you can, because it's not like you can still like work on your fitness and like mm -hmm. be stay fit. And you can, for example, practice your shots every now and then. And you're not going to lose it. You know, you're right. still going to be able. <laughs> I don't know if it's the same for like um, I, swimming. I, I could see you being an excellent swim teacher. <laughs> Right, I, teaching other children. It's it's swim. very fun. I've uh, my my one of my best friends in Egypt started a swim school. It's well, like then, huge yeah. there now. There you go. Yeah, right? that's something to yeah to continue it in some capacity. Yeah. right? 
Definitely, yeah. Yeah. It's something that I've I've thought about, but I actually thought about getting back into like competitive swimming. So master swimming. Yeah, I see. So you haven't let go of that second place in uh, that I have not, no man. <laughs> I, I think I've always like I've always in my mind I was like, I'm gonna be the good best. but it's just like wait for me type of thing it was always like so i want to reach that world level mm-hmm. which that master swimming thing allows me to so i i set my target for japan 2022 which is literally next is year nice. we're talking very soon very here. soon you're getting back in the pool i i want to tonight so, <laughs> so i i where I, do we I, even go where, where, <laughs> so it's it's arizona what? <laughs> we gotta go Arizona, to exactly. <laughs> and I gotta go to Arizona back again. Um, you would like Arizona, the Arizona pool life, I think. <sighs> it's too hot, man. Yeah, not in the winter. Not when in you the get winter. tired of the Seattle yeah. weather. Yeah. That's why a lot of people have houses there. Yeah, yeah snowbirds. Just but oh, sorry, sorry to go on a tangent. So, how do you plan on re-entering this uh, state of mind? Yeah. So I've uh, so I tried to I actually tried to swim here, and it was actually when I first joined the team. With, with you I tried to like re put myself back into the swimming I was like I need to you know now that I'm back like working in downtown Seattle I need to start joining a swim team right so I went for one practice yeah and it was at 5 a.m. so <laughs> that's, like the, that's the first problem you don't start going to first uh-huh. practice like it's gonna give you back all this trauma of like <laughs> is it traumatic for you it waking up at 5 a.m. Oh, yeah you've spoken to me about this before yeah it, it is traumatic like waking and, and I think the other aspect is the cold too like that mm. just adds a factor <laughs> that is, I, I think in in because I I've done I've done it in Maryland right. when when we're swimming indoors it's not as bad have you have you heard about this concept as like 4 a.m. 4 a.m. is the witching hour. Like 4 a.m. is the the time at which there is the most human activity in whatever sp- in whatever space you live in. No, I have um, not. I have not yeah. heard. It sounds like that. 5 a.m. touches very touches that that area. Sense. Yeah, I think it, the 5 a.m. thing became standard because of just school and work and the nature of life. You know, mm. like people have to go to school at eight, so we would train at 5:30, and then you would go to school and do your whole day and kind of go about your activities. The problem is you have practice at 5:30 p.m. Oh my lord! So you're gonna finish school and you're gonna come back for practice. What do you eat? Like, I feel like I'd be starving. I, so that's why I have to change schools, man. So much energy. You got cooking school. <laughs> so you so cooking some day. pasta, man. Yeah, right. some pasta. <laughs> no, I because I, I mean it's very you eat a lot of uh, it's highly uh, caloric. Like you're expending it is, it is, calories, it is, right? It is. Um, have you ever seen those videos of Michael Phelps eating? Yeah, like, that's ten, sort of why I know about yeah, this. And yeah. uh, I have a water polo player in the family as well. Oh wow! Yeah, my dad's brother was a very serious wow. national team level water polo. I did not get that strain of the family <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that water strain water polo is fun i think it's a good sport to have yeah. your kids kind of active and maybe explore swimming if they're interested but also mm-hmm. there's a ball so it's like, <laughs> there's a ball that's, that's true a, it's like it's like swimming it's but you a, still gotta get well, wake up at 5 a.m but exactly. we have a ball a yellow ball exactly no but it's it's uh it's also very strenuous right because your strenuous. hands are above the water at all times it like is, you're yeah. you're constantly going to mo- obviously not as much as uh the freestyle and the, right. the backstroke that you were telling me about um but okay tell tell me about japan <laughs> yeah so basically the cuts to get to the master swimming team you would imagine it's like these crazy cuts you know it's like at this master's level but it's not like that it's actually because they understand like the fina which is the federation for uh swimming the international, international one like the fifa equivalent of exactly swimming. Yeah. it's exactly like that um and 
they, they, they recognize that this is something that people do and they like retire basically. Mm-hmm. So the cuts to actually get at the 25, the age group starts at 25 to 29 and then it like, keeps on going like that, 29 to like 33, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that difficult. Like I actually had way better than these times wow. when I was like a swimmer. That's so exciting. I basically just need to get back to like close to what yeah, I used to do. Like six or five or six months of training. But basically, and I should be able to achieve those cuts. And I've, make oh, it. I've been planning on going to Japan for some time. <laughs> <laughs> it's in uh, Fukuoka, I think, or Fukuoka. I don't know how. Okay, to that's yeah. that's that's admirable. Yeah. So you want to get back into it? I, I think it, it adds some structure to my life and it adds like some purpose, mm-hmm. uh, like a different purpose. You know that I'm like. Right. An athlete, um, and, and this is who truly I used to associate with. Like that was my my one thing that I would describe myself when I like meet someone. What, swimmer. yeah, and what groups? Uh, what groups swimmers together? Like what sets them apart? I mean, obviously some of it is circumstance, right? You have you must have yeah. had some parents that were like, oh, I swam, you should try swimming too. Right, right. But is there anything about them? Like when you're hanging out with them socially, like what is it? What is it about swimmers? They're obviously very disciplined. Mm-hmm. They're probably really, really good shape. Right. Okay, staring at a line for, <laughs> for six or seven hours. Right. Did your mind ever drift when you stared at the line? Like, could you think I, about your own thoughts? It's like, amazing. That's like sometimes when I would even after I like stopped for those two years, I just go to the pool and just dive. And just you like, would just keep going for clarity of mind. Wow. It's it's amazing. I think right now, if I do it, man, I think I'd be way better at my job. You, <laughs> You're you, pretty I, damn good. But like, I'd be scared to. Yeah, it's just especially with like new projects. It's like a great place to start thinking. It like really helps mm. your brain. I think even running does that, but like running, mm. you're kind of like you even have that distraction of like the surrounding environment. Right. Swimming, you have nothing. So There's no distraction. You just have to like your you and your thoughts. I I I not me, but one of my um, not really competitors, but I know him from another team, and they he, they called him um, Bing. Okay. Because he would uh, he would solve things in his head while he's swimming. So they're like, bing! You know, like, bing! He like, oh, okay, answered the okay. question, you know? Like a light bulb turning Exactly, on. exactly. And so he also became a programmer, or what? He actually became a programmer. He went to the same school I went to, and he, like, started this, like, amazing, like, swimming technology for, like, um, for tracking, like, swimming times and things like that. And started, like, swim meet programs. And he was, like, became really big. And he was really good at what he does in, like, programming. But also was really good at swimming. Um, That's incredible. He would like touch the one. He'd be like, "I solved an equation." Like cool. he would head. yell it out. He would yell it out. <laughs> I did it, mom. In his exactly, exactly. <laughs> the answer is forty-two. You know, <laughs> forty-two. <laughs> telling you exactly wow that's really impressive do yeah. you think there's some connection there i mean like we were saying before you're using a certain i don't want to say subset because i think that's sort of like an antiquated idea of right. how you interpret the brain that yes like one area does one and one area does yes. you have no fucking idea how the brain works but there are obviously like um when you're taking up that aerobic exercise there are channels or threads that open up to solve other problems i think so i yeah. think so it's much like have you ever like slept and like woken up and not like, last night <laughs> I told you about, yeah and like you saw you, you, you saw problems problem. right it's, right it's basically like the same i think mm-hmm. um at least that's how i felt like i i've solved homework problems in my head Just that i was stuck swimming. on yeah in in my swimming so, I, yeah. I, so I, I really think it, it does help so maybe give you an advantage in that sense uh, like it, academically right? it, exactly yeah. I, i've had people in my uh school in high school they'd be like omar i don't get it you like swim every <laughs> freaking day and like you get better grades than us how does that work i ask myself the same question <laughs> 
yeah, it could be. Uh, you have a you have a very distinct talent at software engineering. Everything you do is high level, and everything you do uh, looks ahead. Right. You have an incredible capacity to think like what will be the problems and take measures now. Right. Such that they don't become problems in the future. You yeah. Cut no corners. <laughs> And everything you do is high quality, right. and it's but it's not high, it's not overbearingly high quality. Mm-hmm. You manage to add like a lightness to it for right. the people around you, right? Like you manage to add like an element of of fun and like right. we're all in this together. And some like, emojis here and some there. Some emojis. <laughs> some Drake quotes in my <laughs> unit test. The quotes and the emojis, uh, and that's that's such a cool thing to see. And despite the fact that you know I'm like a full decade ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't feel that, but I'm a full decade ahead of you in terms of like my my. Uh, engineering career uh but it feels like you've lived this life a thousand times (laughs) it seems like you've been through this all and you know things that we haven't even seen it's also because the space evolves so fast and you know that right i do know the space evolves so fast yeah and i'm yeah i'm more of a traditional guy right right (laughs) but that's the thing you can't you like when like i actually as i said i'm driven by technology i even in my social media not on instagram or anything but you don't like like instagram that much uh, (laughs) but on like reddit Mm -hmm. i'll follow like the programming yeah yeah yeah. you keep up to date I'll, I'll I enjoy that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll read about it and, and like I'll wake up in the morning and I'll open I'll scroll I'll read something and I'll yeah, be like yeah. this would be good to use at work. Oh I'll, I'll be like this would be good to use at a personal project. So mm-hmm. that stuff just for some reason excites me uh, as it should. I mean it's an exciting aspect of your life. It is. It's, it is. It, it makes sense why you would do that. Uh, I know. struggle to explain that to people though that are not into technology. I mean at that point you just confront them with their own passions right 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 right. but not everybody has such a useful not everybody is fortunate enough and i don't even think it's fortunate because you've put in the hard work but not everybody is fortunate enough to do something at work that they're passionate about that they want to read about before bed right 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 right. exactly exactly like i think it in that sense a lot of people will like take that as like oh this guy's like so nerdy you know or like so i mean that that notion i think is becoming quickly outdated (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because everybody wants to learn how to program. Right. Many people do. It's obviously a very valuable skill. And even going beyond programming, the skill set that you have is is much more like infrastructural. Right. And like right. building the foundations of software. It's, right. Yeah. It's uh, widespread. It's 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 you have much bigger. You have a very vast breadth of knowledge. That's true. That's yeah. true. It, 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 like in the the recent changes in like the tech world with like all this like cloud infrastructure mm-hmm. has become amazing, man. Like it. And that's why I got really super into it. I was not that invested in like cloud computing mm-hmm. until maybe a year or two ago when I like realized how powerful this thing is. It is can immensely be. powerful. It's it's, it's yeah. insane, man. I I've been thinking about a lot of ideas. You know, like like a lot of, as you as we just discussed earlier, a lot of the things we do is repetitive. Mm-hmm. Like those repetitive things, you can kind of just you you know they say actually that like. Your application is, uh, I forget the specific number, but close around the ballpark of like 70% is not your code. You're running some lower level code that somebody else wrote. Right. Mm-hmm. Like some lower level or like you're using an, uh, a library or something that somebody else wrote. Mm-hmm. So with infrastructure, I think that that number was without infrastructure. They're just talking about people, you know, building a website or something like 
you know, you're probably using like some framework or something to render something on the front end that mm -hmm. somebody else wrote. That's you're just writing something at the very, very top. Very, very top. But now you have infrastructure too, which was a big component. Because like you need to deploy like a server that runs that stuff. But now you can write code that's All flexible that. and yeah. uniform. They can just like supply a name. Just give me the name of your application and I'll build it for you. Mm -hmm. Like literally build it for you. So yeah. that's why I saw like, oh, so if we're at the 70% gap, we can probably get to a 90% gap and just like with with the infrastructure so mm -hmm. i started getting super invested so minimal input at that point minimal input like give me the name of your data you model what do you want to do you want <laughs> users all right i'll see how other people have done it exactly or, right. or that you know you could also do that you could yeah. also like take like a couple of examples and be like okay so you want to build a user authentication mm -hmm. system for example and so it's just a couple of changes like um does your your model has to include like a user id has to include a username yeah. it's like boom boom the name of the user like that type of stuff mm -hmm. and just simple stuff and like other than that it's pretty standard like yeah. nothing has changed you just take a few options it's like a questionnaire it's like a questionnaire point. it's and like I'll a polar cli if you may yeah <laughs> <laughs> polar cli yeah uh proprietary stuff proprietary but stuff. it's uh, omar has built some very flexible libraries from which other our team and other teams are expanding upon just building blocks. It all comes down to building blocks, right? It is. Right? It literally that, right? Like those seventy percent are building blocks. I can't think of the equivalent in swimming, for example, of like what a building block would be. Perhaps that will come to us <laughs> at yeah. a later time. Yeah. But you essentially have laid down these tools for for the people around you to very easily build software. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And you did so with like a smile on your face. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy yeah. that, man. I enjoy like. Um, you know, helping other people. That's kind of yeah. like my passion in life. It's just That's helping. That's great. Yeah, helping. because you're you're not just a rock star programmer. You're like a rock star human being. Like right. you're a very altruistic in the way you approach software. <laughs> you're not doing it to uh, exceed what somebody else has done or to mute it. You're just looking to amplify, essentially. Like it comes from a, a selfless place. Yeah, and I think that came from like one of my oldest managers. He basically told me, you know, you need to think about why you're writing code. Hmm. and uh, he said you're basic it comes down that you're he had a software background by the way so he's like what i learned is you're writing code for other people mm -hmm. so it's not for yourself so it's like for to help other people like build other stuff or to help other people like just understand what you're doing so that way they can enhance and build upon it mm -hmm. um that's like how basically we ended up with this internet is like that's small true. building blocks mm -hmm. accumulated on top of each other and small protocols accumulated on top of each other. And then we ended up with this gigantic web of And we'll never go back. We'll never go back. Like we, You and I witnessed a change in humanity where we went from like pre-internet to post-internet. And nothing will ever be the same, right? Truly won't. I, I can't imagine. Like I... Whenever I have a question, I, I, some, I try recently to just try to ask people around me. I'm slowly realizing that, that that's the reason why, like, the internet exists. I, I, a lot of times I ask people, like, why was this that way? And, you know, I, I resort to Google. Mm -hmm. And what, what do you think, like, what do you think it would have been like for you? You know, you obviously were, I don't want to say destined for greatness, but you're, like, destined for something, uh, destined to be a leader in whatever area you took up. What do you think it would have been like for you if you had been born 20 years earlier, right? Like if you were a yeah. swimmer in the early 80s. Uh, Probably still technology, maybe. But, 
Maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe it's something related to, like, electrical engineering. Well, like, yeah, because you also, yeah, that's interesting to me. I started off as, like... As uh, an electrical engineer. Like, computer engineering, which had, like, a little bit of electrical engineering, which was super interesting. Like, it was, like, a lot of, um, you know, how do you build, like, an, a system from very primitive stuff, ones and zeros. Mm-hmm. That problem was just, like, mind-blowing to me. You wanted to learn more about it. Yeah, I think one of our first assignments, you yeah, had this class in, in school, and it was, uh, it was called Digital Logic, and it was like uh, build a, a vending machine using like and and or gates, which is mm. like literally zeros and ones. Like your decision is and or and, and like you, if conditions, you're just that. That sounds like the bitchiest interview question. I know, I know. It's like, you know those interview and questions? Fuck are, off. Exactly, exactly. I'm out. The, the ones that are so simple and you're like, yeah, makes sense, but like, I don't have to do that. Makes sense to you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, you, you definitely, I've learned a lot from you in terms of like how to approach a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even in our limited time together. Right. right? right. Like it's, yeah. If you uh, think about it, it's only been yeah, a couple of years, a few years. Let's give ourselves some credit. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 It's we been, pro- we, you know, like living through this experience, living through the, the year that we've lived through, which honestly it hasn't, I mean. It's, uh, it's been a long year. It's been a long year. <laughs> it's been a long year. It's been a long year. But in some ways, it we were very fortunate, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. It I think, passed. I think we. I'm excited for what's to come, though. Like I think mm-hmm. um, we're absolutely people do their best after a crisis, right? Yeah. Like, look exactly. at what happened after World War Two. Exactly. We were talking earlier about like my first episode or the last episode. Uh, which was very like almost exactly a year ago when things were starting to get fucky. Right? The virus, are, I think the that was virus, the name of the episode. Yeah, uh, things were starting to get very weird, or at least different. Um, but as I was saying, the people that come after a crisis, the people that live through a crisis, are often the ones to just change society, mm-hmm. right? To actually like there's there's a, there's a difference. There's like a moment of crisis from which nothing can ever be the same, and then you right. have to change things. And oftentimes it's for the better. Right, 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 right. Despite the fact that, like, World War II, for example, had such a destructive force. Like, mm-hmm. it tore down villages and it broke families and it killed, like, hundreds of thousands of, like, young men that went, went out to war. Uh, from that, we had, like, an economic uh, revolution. Right, 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 And right. most of, like, Europe and uh, the U.S. also blew up and all these places. Um, so I think, ultimately, there will be good to come out right, of this. Right, right, right. 